Are you ready to call shotgun? Let's hit the road. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio, where two car freaks and anyone they can thumb wrestle into submission talk all things car, from new gadgets to old destinations to the who's who of makers, shakers, and road trip takers. Your hosts are 35-year radio veteran, book author, lousy karaoke singer, and man of many cookies, Mark Catfish Groves, plus freelance auto journalist, auto auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of his own fleet of sweet rides Brett Hatfield It's road noise you want to hear Time Time for for Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio From the magnificent Cowlick Media offices which are located uh, in my basement It's a studly basement though It's a fun basement It's a great basement It's a lot better than my basement My basement is just concrete floors and a bunch of shelves and crap Yeah, you'll get there all you have to do is like make yourself bleed putting the flooring in. Trust me, uh, sacrifice to the remodeling gods, and uh, you can make this happen, dude. When we built houses, I put basements in. I know what it takes. That's why <laughs> mine looks like it does. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves, and I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com, where we'll put our links. They're on our blog, plus some events, and of course, you can find the podcast there, dude. Go check out the website. It's cool. It's a. It's fun. It's pretty basic because it. You know, I put it together, but uh, I do like adding the pictures and uh, the photographs from the various events, and uh, just having a place where you can go. Oh yeah, what the hell did they talk about? You have go cool stuff it. on the website. It's a. Uh, it's fun, and uh, we haven't been together to do this in like a month and a half. Took uh, took some time off because, you know, I I swear to God. <laughs> you don't have to make up any excuse. You have oh, been working. <laughs> they have been beating you like a rented mule. It's uh, you know, tis the season. It's a, in radio, especially in radio production. Uh, when uh, the Christmas time comes around, it's the holiday season. The people who make the commercials are spanked. Mm-hmm. We are we are sales bitches. Yeah, and what we do is just crank out with a smile. Yeah, jingle uh, balls, jingle balls. Hey, we're, everybody, we're gonna kick you in your. Snow's falling, so the price is special deal. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what, once we hit Thanksgiving, wow. it'll pull back a little bit. But getting up to Black Friday is a brutal death march. I'm just saying, am I pitying myself? You're damn right I am. But, uh, but we're getting there. And you know what? It's nice to be busy. There is an alternative. Well, you know, you can look forward to being able, you know, November's almost gone. December's coming up. You're going to get to go to what Christmas parties there are. You get to wear your mistletoe <laughs> belt buckle. You know. <laughs> oh, back in the days when I was a jock. Fun times oh, are coming. Good times. Coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, uh, catching the bug for buggies. This is not your father's toaster. Why does your car taste like moose? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and a bidding war that caught fire, so to speak. Yeah, no kidding. And then in the second half, how do you add horsepower to the spirit of giving? By donating to Cars for Heroes. This is a fantastic group. It's it's awesome. We're going to talk with the founder, Terry Franz, here in Kansas City's, uh, he's called Kansas City's Car Santa, uh, who helps vets everywhere get anywhere by giving them a reliable set of wheels. You know me, man. Anything that helps vets, I'm all about. Oh, dude. Yeah, I got so many friends, and it's like, yeah. You, you guys rock. I tried to join in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? 1990, 91? I was, I was 27, 91. Uh, I even went down to the St. Louis Processing Center. I oh, was, boy. Maps. I was living in a, a hellhole called Springfield, Illinois at the time. And um, 
Went down there with took, the Simpsons. Took the physical, did the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. had a 96 on my, uh, what is the ASVAB? Very good. Armed Services Vocational Aptitude, Aptitude Battery. Battery. And then I went down there and they stuck fingers in places and made mm-hmm. me squat and do this and that. And and uh, and I have psoriasis and I got a 4F, you sons of bitches. Really? <laughs> yeah. They I, gave you one of those for psoriasis. 4F. I can't join any service because, well, and especially now because I'm old and fat. How dare you flake on our uniform? But yeah, that's pretty much it. I figured that they just, you know, they didn't want a guy that they couldn't stick in a super dark place for a super long time. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe that worked out for the best. And they knows. took me. <laughs> and then on the other side. What does that say? <laughs> and I ace the ASVAB. That helped. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I pick up foreign languages in a hurry. That helps, too. I cannot tell you how damn mad I was because on the, the bus Four. that we took down, there was a guy that got like a 66 on his ASVAB. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude ate rocks just yeah. for fun. You know, now, this military needs doorstops, too. And I had to sit there while everybody else was getting their assignments and their jobs and, and what they were going to end up going to. And all I wanted to do was go to Germany and, yeah. uh, and be on the uh, Armed Forces Radio Network. I know some guys who scored in the 50s. Oh, 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 oh. oh there's an empty trailer park somewhere. <laughs> but you know what? Thank you for serving, even with your score in the 50s. God bless you. And I hope that kid, whoever yeah. that was, that uh, got everything I wanted. Uh, I hope he did great, too. Uh, I wish the best on him. Uh, God love our military. Can't say enough good about him, mostly because I I was one. (laughs) (laughs) And there you go. Yeah, well. All right, in the news. From Auto Week. Remember Auto Week? From Auto Week. Uh, Bruce Myers, the creator of the very first Myers Manx in 1964. You remember what these are? They're the fiberglass dune buggies on the Volkswagen pan. You know, I had to think about it because I think I had one for my G.I. Joe. Yeah. And I used to think it was, uh, oh, who was it? The uh, 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 the banana splits. Yeah, I think Speed had Buggy. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speed Buggy. <laughs> you know, That's the one. Remember Speed Buggy? <laughs> anyway, uh, Bruce May- Myers, the creator of the very first Myers Manx in 1964 and the granddaddy of the dune buggy craze, has sold the company he started more than 50 years ago. I didn't know the company was still going. Yes. I had no idea. Yes. Who knew? And the other thing that's weird about these, and I've been seeing them at auctions, Myers Manx dune buggies the last five years have gotten hot. For the longest time, it seemed like you could buy a used Myers Max. The Myers Max was always the best of the fiberglass dune buggies. He right. was the he was the creator, but there were lots of knockoffs. Hell, Sears sold one for a while out of the catalog. <laughs> um, I've seen still some of their uh, uh, some of their motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, for a long, long time. I got my brother in law just built one of those mini bikes. It's god awful. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, for a long time, you could buy those fiberglass dune buggies for you know, a couple thousand dollars. It, they were not real expensive. Yeah. Good friend of mine in high school, that was his first car. You can't believe the dumb crap we went and did with And, and it, it was a long list, I'll tell you yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bruce Myers is 94. Jamie Christmas. He's 94. Just sold the company. Still running it. Uh, the announcement was officially made by the new company chairman, F- Philip. I've been looking at this one all afternoon. Seraphim. S-A-R-O-F-I-M. Hey, isn't that like uh, the baby of an angel in somebody? No, that's yeah, the Seraphim. So. Uh, okay, pretty close. I thought it was the clear stuff you used to cover beans in the fridge. That might be it, too. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, 
the announcement was made by Philip <laughs> Seraphim, a venture capitalist, car collector, and racer with a passion for the cool little dune buggies. Seraphim named former VW, Audi, and Porsche designer Freeman Thomas as CEO and chief creative officer. Man, if you're going to have somebody as a chief creative officer, the guy who used to design VWs, Audis, and Porsches, pretty decent pick. That's not a bad one to pick. Uh, Thomas brought us the new Beetle, the Audi TT, and a mm. bunch of Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Ford, and Chrysler products. The new company will be headquartered in a purpose-built building in Oceanside, California. Well, that yeah. makes uh, sense. Yeah. Uh, Seraphim is staffing it with an international roster of designers, fabricators, and builders, according to the article. They're going to carry on with Myers-Manx's legacy of fun, freedom, and expression. Seraphim says the time is right to get back to basics. If they start making new ones of these, I'll go look for one. I, I flat will. You know, I am really curious because they talk about, uh, you know, freedom and expression and all this stuff, all the generic kind of cool things. And, uh, and then to get back to basics, are they still going to build them looking like they are? Or uh, will they have, like, different models? He, he says that... Uh, going to get back to basics, simplify our lives. That's what Myers-Manx is all about. The Myers-Manx fiberglass kits have been made since 1964. The first creation was called Old Red. You know, uh, is it an if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing? Or maybe he'll bring people in still stronger love marketing? These. They still love these. You know, it, the great thing is little kids see them and they just think it's the coolest thing ever. Doesn't it have, is. They're right. <laughs> doesn't have any doors on it. Doesn't have any hood on it. You get in by crawling over the side. Yeah. I, why wouldn't you? Anyway, Thomas <laughs> said there are uh, definite products afoot, including some uh, with battery electric power. This would probably be a pretty good candidate for that. Yeah. Wouldn't take – they don't weigh anything. Yeah, they're light. It's uh, not like you have air conditioning to run or – No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, air conditioning. Stick your head above the windshield. <laughs> he wouldn't be specific, but the article does say that the products will be built on Volkswagen chassis just like the originals. Okay. Uh, that will make the creations affordable to a wide audience and get the company around cumbersome and cumbersome and expensive federal safety standards. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. I love it. Can't <laughs> wait to see what the Manx ha has in mind. Um, I finally was blessed by offspring in my family who love cars. Oh, the granddaughters rode in Vlad, and oh, they yes. call it Grandpa's race car. <laughs> and my my brother's uh, three-year-old son and five-year-old daughter, I've got them hooked on little car toys. <gasps> I would get one of these Myers-Manks and drag those kids all over everywhere. I think they would, would have a the blast. coolest grandpa slash uncle ever. That's what I was aiming for. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> From InsightHook.com, is the area is the era of electric muscle cars upon us? I think they're a little late in coming up with this article, but uh, I, I yeah. liked one of the things they were chatting about, Lucid Motors. I was not really that familiar with Lucid Motors until I came across this and then started uh, Googling the crap out of it. Uh, the Lucid Air comes with one configuration. They have one vehicle with one configuration, the Dream Edition, which uh, has 1,080 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> and 503 miles of driving range. Now, I'm, I seriously doubt at a, if you're going the top-notch uh, 1,080 horsepower, you get that full range. But what the hell, it's worth a try. Well, uh, you know, you could enjoy it for a little while and then, uh, yeah, you know, coast out the rest of your range, whatever. <laughs> I like that they've got one configuration. That's it! 
That's all we're giving you. With the one car, we do it well. You, you will take it. You can try this or you can try sucking our ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the advantage of this uh, having this car, as Ulrich writes, is that it com- comes down to engineering. Most gasoline engines, and I'm quoting here, convert only about 20% of stored liquid energy to power at the wheels. Yeah, but they sound bitchin'. <laughs> With the equivalent for electric vehicles being 60%. Oh, I, I found this interesting. I did not realize there was that much power loss between you know uh, the juice in the tank and the wheels on the ground. Who knew? Yeah, um, but you're never, ever going to be at an electric car drag strip race electric car drag race and have people wearing earplugs inside earphones holding their hands up to their head with their eyes watering from nitromethane exhaust and when you feel it when you literally your chest is going because oh, yeah. you're actually feeling the yeah, sound don't get off. too close this might cause a heart attack <laughs> i hope so <laughs> please god take me now uh lucid motors isn't the only company working on high-powered electric cars obviously among the oh, other yeah, players yeah. are uh rymic automobili with this c2 tesla with the uh, whatever and the times also points out that the likes of porsche chevy are working on their own powerhouses but it's going to be interesting to see whether they really build them into like the these supercars uh, that the others are shooting for. Um, according to the Lucid website, I, I popped over there, it takes 20 minutes to charge 300 more miles when you use one of their fast chargers. Wow. I think that's pretty impressive. That is really because, impressive. Because, you know, that's that's about the time to fill up your tank, uh, you know, wipe your windows, go buy a payday or a Snickers oh, I bar. I thought it was the time enough to drink two Bud Lights. <laughs> yeah, and get back behind the wheel. Brilliant. Thank and you a, very much. And a billionaire's bacon <laughs> from Twin Peaks. God, give us Now, does, this thing does the quarter mile, this Lucid car, in 9.9 seconds goes Damn. 0 to 60 in 2.5 that's <laughs> and it's a four door it's a, why, why can't we get somebody <laughs> who will do a nitromethane electric hybrid oh my god would that not be awesome yeah <laughs> it's yes. something that i could you know put the kids in the back and then glue them there <laughs> nitro night top fuel dragsters burn 32 gallons of fuel Jeez. in a quarter mile I, I, wow. Faster than you could tip over buckets of it. Can you imagine those sprayers inside there? Just little garden hoses. 700 pound injector. (laughs) (laughs) Starting price for a Lucid, $77,000. You know, that's really not that bad compared to what we've seen. Well, for that much horsepower, yeah. If you were going to find that much horsepower in any other demon, whatever, velociraptor, um. Yeah, you're going to be up in that range. So, what's the downside on this? That thing, if if you have like a big spoon, yeah, and it's warm, yeah, and you stick it in your ice cream and scoop Thank it God out. You said ice cream. That's the freaking car. I think it is so boring. It makes a Camry look challenging. You look at a Camry and you go, "Ooh, that's got you know, some that's, lines compared that's to the this thing, thing with a lot of these." The the most appealing thing about that Tesla pickup mm-hmm. is that it looks like either A, it came from Tron, the 80s version, not the new oh, yeah. one. Yeah, baby. Or B, it was styled by a guy who had nothing but a block of clay and a set of Ginsu's. <laughs> and that's what you got. And that's why I like it. It is a. It's terrible looking. I'd swear it's that some of the guys looking. made them out of wood in my shop class and when I was in junior high. I want high. nothing more than to get one of those trucks, a low boy trailer, and a uh. DeLorean on the back. 
Dude, that would be the ultimate Hot Wheels set. We drag a little TR7, go get you one, paint it silver. Yeah, paint it silver, rattle yeah. can it, kind of stainless looking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> scoop on scoop, done. <laughs> From both Snopes and Buckrail.com. Uh, Snopes lets us know whether or not the signs are true. The signs? The, there are the, signs. The signs are true. They said, do not let moose lick your car. <laughs> now, they're not talking about that. They're not talking about that fraternity brother you used to know. Oh, yeah, moose. They are talking about one of those giant, bigger-than-a-horse, brown, furry, yeah, monster rack. Okay, the, monster rack. Satan's cow. Yeah, no kidding. This jumped-up freaking forest cow walking around. <laughs> yeah, it brings Sasquatch up all kinds of thoughts, cow. doesn't it? Why is it licking my car? How do I stop a freaking moose from licking my car? Have you ever seen a moose up close? They're damn big, They're, they're freaking huge. They're dude. ginormous. How much would a loose moose lick cost in downtown KC on a lonely Saturday night? I can, I can introduce you to the girl who can tell you. People, we got questions here. Turns out the signs are in Canada, and the problem is nothing new in Canadian national parks. Only, oh. only the Canadians. Oh, Canada. Only the, only the God Canadians. God bless you. Only the, <laughs> only the effing Do Canadians. Do not let the moose lick your car. Yeah. Please. <laughs> uh, moose apparently are somewhat obsessed with salt. And in the Snopes article, they quote, uh, I'll give this my best shot, Jew Uri. Jew Uri. J-U-E-U-R-I-E. I'm Jew Uri, or maybe it's just Jury. The owner-operator of Jasper Tour Company is having told the CBC that for Canadian moose, road salt is kind of like crack. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Right. We were talking before the show. I was joking about strapping a salt lick to the top of your car. I wasn't. I was dead on, You baby. were actually right. <laughs> In the winter when roads are salted to prevent them from freezing, moose have figured out that the salt can be easily accessed on the front bumpers of parked cars. So when people stop to look at a moose or when the cars are simply parked in the area, these large animals can get dangerously close to the vehicles in order to get a taste of salt. Dude, I totally got wasted on that Taurus. Hey, Rocky, watch me lick the bumper off of this camera. Bingo! <laughs> I haven't had an opportunity to use that voice for anything for a long, long time. That's charming. Uh, anyway, according to Buckrail.com, there could be a whole bunch of chemicals that could be harmful. Yeah. Gasoline from overfilled tanks, gas line, antifreeze products like heat, not to mention Cheez-Its and Mountain Dew. The kids ejected after too many tight curves. Think about all the crap gets thrown out on the road or kicked oh, out yeah. by cars or, you know, dripping motor oil or whatever. Not good for moose. Not good for the moo cow. No. The big moo cow. No. But there's still an issue even with bighorn sheep. Oh, my God. Really? Bighorns in the Rocky Mountain West are vulnerable to pneumonia, licking shared surfaces. (laughs) Everybody gets a damn face mask. Everybody. Everybody. (laughs) There's not going to be bras on cars anymore. It's going to be a face mask, and you put the ear thing around Hey, Billy Joe Jim Bob, heard you got a new job. Yeah, I've been sticking mass on moose. (laughs) Do not lick the truck. (laughs) <laughs> I was getting a free car wash. Shut up. Anyway, uh, big ho- big horns are vulnerable to pneumonia. Licking shared surfaces may increase oh the God. risk of spreading Poor animals. a disease. I feel so bad now. Just the, the same reason they clean the windows on the inside of the short bus. We humans so, are dirty. Uh, so all my northern friends, let not the moose lick your murk. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Uh, Is that code for something? uh, GMAuthority.com has a story, and it's from the, oh, so that happened file. Mm -hmm. The last Pontiac Fiero ever built went to auction. No kidding. I know that they sat on that thing for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And it was in the, uh, I think at one time it was in the GM Museum. Well, it was at a recent classic car auction in Greensboro, North Carolina, which, by the way, if you're in Greensboro, you can sometimes hear me interrupt your, you know, 87 songs in a row with some commercial I've done. Uh, The last Pontiac Fiero ever produced hit the block. It was low mileage, practically meant 1988 with model with an interesting history. Because before the Pontiac Fiero ended uh, production at the GM Pontiac Assembly Plant in Michigan, GM held a raffle for employees, giving them the opportunity to win a Fiero for themselves. This car that went to auction, yep, that was the grand prize in the draw, the last one they built. The employee wanted to preserve it and did. It has 582, maybe a few more now that uh, now that it's sold, miles on the odometer. They're all delivery miles. God, it's still, that's just incredible. It's crazy low. It still has the deli- the protective delivery plastic on the steering wheel seats and other parts of the interior. Uh, oh, and this is the uppity version yeah. with the optional 2.8 liter V6 engine ring, yeah. ring, and four-speed automatic transaxle. Yeah, they finally got it right in the final year. In that 2.8, they started doing tune port injection on. Do they not catch fire as quickly? Uh, no, that was that Iron Duke engine. Lots of those <laughs> burst into flame. You could have a backseat barbecue, throw your uh, – hold that hold that marshmallow over your the shoulder. The man in the Iron Duke. Yeah. Ah! I, Duke is right. <laughs> the buyer of this car also received extensive documentation for it and photos uh, of it on the assembly line at Pontiac Assembly before it was auctioned off. So – how much would a 1988 Pontiac Fiero with half a K on the clock run you? Well, the new owner uh, wanted it yeah. badly. Yeah. They shelled out $90,000 for a freaking Pontiac Fiero. God bless you. It's it's your deal. You you brought it home. It's your garage. And I'm, I'm all for you getting what you want. But you know the base price of a Corvette Stingray, mm-hmm. if you get it off the assembly, if they can get it off the assembly line, is sixty thousand dollars? Yeah, sixty five for the ZR Z fifty one. Yeah, so ninety thousand. Oh, but l- I'll ta- let me take you that last step and shove you over the precipice. Oh God! Remember, at the vast majority of classic car auctions, the bid is ninety, the vig is ten percent. Oh God, that's right. So you got all the little extras. You're in for a cool buck, ninety nine thousand dollars. <laughs> And you haven't registered the car, paid taxes on it, gotten it insured, or anything else yet. And what you've got is now, arguably, and, and this is this is typical GM. Yeah. They finally get something right, and they quit making the sucker. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that works. So Dump it. let's go. Let's start with a Fiero, final year, 1988. The GT, it looked like a baby Ferrari. It really looked like you threw your 308 in the dryer. They put that 2.8. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a sequential port injection yeah. in the car. Had decent power, ran well. Fieros don't weigh crap, so it doesn't yeah. take a whole lot of power to move them around. Had a five-speed transmission available on them, and they were pretty decent-performing little cars. When they were first developing the Fiero, they were sticking a small-block Buick V8 in it, oh and God. the thing was trouncing the Corvette. And you can't have that. Yeah, you can't have something go out and kick the crap out of your flagship. So they said, (laughs) no, put a smaller engine in it. They put that craptastic four-cylinder Iron Duke engine in it. (laughs) 
a buddy of mine had one of those in high school. Uh, you cannot believe the litany of heinous crap we did in that car because he thought it'd be a good idea to slap a set of Yokohama A008 super sticky almost race tires oh, on it. No. Do you know what it's like to be able to do a 90-degree turn at 45 miles an hour? <laughs> God, man, it was incredible. Anyway, they got it right. They quit making it. 1996, they third year of the big body Impala SS. They got it right. They had a console shift rather than on the car. Oh. And they got rid of the stupid uh, digital dash, and it was all analog. They got everything right on it, quit making it. Quit making it, yep. The 2004 to 2006 Pontiac GTO. Of which I have you one. Have one. Uh, the former Holden. They got that 6.0 liter engine in it finally. You know, first year was a, a 350 horse, but 05 and 06, it was a 400 horse, 400 Jeez. pound feet. And a car that doesn't weigh a ton. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's 500 pounds lighter than a Challenger. Oh. Yeah. And you've yeah. ridden in that car. You know yeah. that thing goes like stink. It'll goose you. Yeah. yeah. Got it right. Got rid of it. Pontiac G8, four-door sedan, 415 horse in the GXP, bad mofo, got it right. Quick, Pontiac. Then they took that thing over to Chevy and made a Chevy SS four-door, made it for two years, quit making it. I, I'm telling you, GM, you'll know when they get something right because they quit making it. <laughs> By that last model year because it's excellent. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Final model year on about anything, GM, will be the very best of the breed. Now, don't feel left out, by the way, if, you, if you're if you a Fiero fanatic. because Oh, is, that's right. You, that's you right. sent me that link, and I, I didn't print it yeah. out for the show, but hey, there's another you, one. If you missed this one and you didn't have a, a buck, if you didn't have 100K okay. burning a hole in your pocket <laughs> right now, <laughs> on bring a trailer, there's one with 128 miles on oh it. Oh, my God. Didn't even crack 150. And it's red, tan leather interior. It's the GT. It's the best of the best. It still has all the wrappers on it. I promise you it still smells new when you open it up. Only downside, automatic transmission. But when I checked the bid, it was under 30 grand. What? Under 30 grand. You still got a shot. Scramble to bring a trailer. Buy yourself a low-mile Fiero. <laughs> Sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> For links on these stories and more, you can check out our blog at roadmuscleradio.com. And coming up in our second half, Terry France from carsforheroes.org is going to tell us a scoop on what they do, why they do, and what you can do to help vets and other needy folk get from A to B self-reliant with the new set of wheels. I see what you did there. You like that? Mm -hmm. That's why I make the big bucks. <laughs> Stick around. More Road Muscle Radio is on the way. Back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. Now, if you know somebody we should talk to, feel free to send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. And if you would be so kind, if you like the show, give us some stars or clicks or check marks or a whatever nice your review. listener does that says, you know, the thing you listen on that says, hey, we like this thing. We like positive reviews. <laughs> Click on the side that's the good one. <laughs> if one's the best click there if one's the best, do, yeah, do us a solid because we do love doing this and we love to hear some uh, feedback now in 1996 
founder Terry Franz and a guy named Mike Van Noy owned CarBiz. Used car lot in Kansas City, Missouri that year. There had been a lot of people looking to purchase a car to only be turned down by credit companies because they were out of work due to medical emergencies, family issues. You know, life happens. And let's be honest, you know, a lot of times, especially back then, creditors just were, they didn't care. Uh, your problem is your problem. Now, that year around Christmas time, Terry and Mike gave away six cars to families that in the past had been denied. Now, who knew? that that one season of charity, that one season of thoughtfulness would lead to a lifetime of giving, helping, and sharing all behind the wheel. From those beginning six cars, now Kansas City's Car Santa gives away over 300 cars a year. Staggering. Damn near a car a day, just in the Kansas City metro alone, not including nationwide. Terry France, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Well, thank you, guys. We, uh, I, you know, I, I got to give a caveat. I met Terry while working at the radio stations. Cool. And uh, just finding out the story, it stuck with me. It glued on. And I'm like, I got I to gotta talk to this guy. We got to have him on Road Muscle Radio because this is such an amazing thing. Well, it kind of runs through your head. What would it take to be able to give away a single car, much less be able to give away 300 in a year? It's a lot of cars, dude. That is a lot of cars. Let's find out how Terry does it. All right. Uh, Terry, how did Cars for Heroes begin, and when did it really kick off? Well, in 1996, I had a car lot with Mike Vanoy. Mike Vanoy, uh, if you're familiar with Kansas City Market, is also the owner of Jess and Jim's Steakhouse. <sighs> and the other connection oh, is he's my brother-in-law. So <laughs> he and I got started. Uh, so you pulled in your brother-in-law. You pulled in your sister's husband and decided to work him to death. I like that. Good plan, Terry. Good plan. Well, you got to keep him close. He owns a steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has the money, so I had to use him. We were just trying to find ways to get our name out. We were a new business. We came up with the concept. Well, there was a lot of people that just couldn't get a car. Yeah. It wasn't always based on credit. Maybe they just didn't make enough money, or there was a lot of reasons, but they still had pretty good reasons why they needed a car. And we specialized in the uh, second chance finance business. Lenders were starting to pop out then. And uh, so I decided, well, why don't we take six cars and we'll do it at Christmas and we'll give them to needy families that can't obtain a car any other way. And this wasn't about a fancy car. I mean, they might have dings, uh, dents, maybe everything didn't work. They might not even been pretty, but we made sure they were mechanically sound, get you from point A to point B. Engine good, tranny good, air blows hot and cold, windows roll up and down. Uh, we looked at it as a tool. These exactly. people said that if they had transportation, they could fix their own problems. So that's what we did. We uh, we gave them the tool, and the rest was up to them. And it grew from the, the first year. We had all four major TV stations out there, and we gave them away on Christmas Eve morning. Oh, very And cool. uh, they all came out and watched us give cars away. Uh, very emotional. Uh, life-changing, and that's when we all realized maybe we're doing something a little more important than doing a business promotion. And it grew the next year to 10, and then the next year to 15, and then it went to 20. Well, I'd been working with uh, Max Tannen Moffat on 99.7 KY. 
For anybody well, who doesn't, for anybody who doesn't know about Max Tana and Moffat, they were legendary, yes, huge names absolutely. in Kansas City. KY one hundred two, and then ninety nine seven, and then ninety nine seven KY, and they were and still are legends. People know who Max Tana and Moffat is. I just want to throw this aside because I still work in radio. Well, and absolutely, and Max is one of the only DJs that is actually in the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of, of Fame. Fame. Yes, um, he sure is. He was he was the general, and he was out burning albums. Getting ready to disco. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one that nicknamed me the Car Santa. After about ten years, he, he started calling me the Car Santa. So hence the beard came out, and we only did this at Christmas. Every Christmas we came out until the year of Katrina, and we came up with fifty cars. Wow! So wow. we gave fifty cars away all one morning. I found out that even though all the TV was there, we start like at 4.30 in the morning because that's when TV started. Right. And uh, they would come out, and we would do stories back and forth to TV all morning, and I could only give about 25 cars away, and then TV went away. So I thought, well, I'm giving these other 30 away in the parking lot with no uh, no publicity at all. So we decided, well, maybe we should give one away every week rather than all of them away at Christmas. Hence, so that started the doing it every Monday. And then it was July, and the car Santa came out with cars for Christmas and gave a car away, and I said, something doesn't sound right. <laughs> and we, start, we started getting a lot of applications from the guys that were overseas. So I said, well, let's start a second program and call it Cars for Heroes, and we'll just take care of veterans, active-duty military. There's a lot of people, their spouses were overseas, their car broke down, they didn't have a car, uh, and first responders and or their families. And so that one grew because from January all the way through till uh, about now, um, it's been all Cars for Heroes, and then we switch over to Cars for Christmas, and it's open to everybody. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the Reader's Digest version. Keep in mind, we did this for 26 years, so uh, a lot went on in between. What I would do is go on the radio, read a story, so people understand why we do this, uh, they would hear the story, and then we'd tell the people, well, we're going to give you a car at our event. And uh, they'd say, oh, you know, the emotions would fly. We'd get sure. more cars donated. And then we'd go out in the public, and I would give them away with people like, uh, we did it with uh, Paul Stanley and uh, Gene Simmons with Kiss a couple times. We did it with Ted Nugent. We've done it with him three times. Uh, coming uh, As he comes through town, we've been with Alice Cooper. I did a... History Channel show with Larry the Campbell guy that we did it. Oh, my God. Uh, the BYU Channel, the uh, uh, Steve Hartman on CBS, NBC making a difference. So we've had a pretty wide range of people that went out and get cars away with us. It all came down to that was our, I never bought an ad saying donate your car. People would see us give cars away, and they'd want to help, and they'd donate cars. And that, so we had our own little ecosystem. We didn't spend any money. We didn't have a lot of employees. We most, we've got about 30 people that help us, but we only got two people that are actually paid that, that do stuff for us. And that's why we've kept it for uh, for all 26 years now. Uh, we do go to different places. Like I, I got a phone call the other day from the mayor of Indianapolis that wanted to give a car to a veteran on December 15th, so we'll go out there. We've been to the Dallas Stars and the uh, uh, Nashville uh, Predators and Ohio Blue Jackets to their hockey games and gave uh, gave cars away on the ice. Um, this last winter, we got a call from the doctor's show in uh, California, and we went out there and gave a Marine 
a car on their Christmas show, actually on Christmas. Um, so, I, I mean, little by little, that's how we're getting our, the word out all over the nation. I mean, Kansas City knows us pretty well here because we've been in the media quite a bit. But uh, that's how the other places in the nation hear. And so that's why I get 150 to 200 applications wow. a day. They're coming from all over the place that somebody heard about us. Well, you're so talking I, about these. Uh, you're talking about these donations. <laughs> How does a person mm-hmm. go about donating a car? I mean, it, is it tax deductible? Is it? it who Absolutely. do we call? What do we do? Well, they can go to our website, and if they have somebody they want to put in that needs a car, or they've got something to donate, we take cars, boats, trucks, RVs, motorcycles. It doesn't matter. I've been in the car business thirty years, so. I can turn it into a car. But they go onto our website, say they want to donate. We call them. We go out and pick it up, drag it in. We are a 501c3, so they get uh, uh, the way the tax deduction works. Everybody say, oh, you get retail value, and that's not true. Every charity out there takes it and runs their cars through the auction. Right. Whatever it brings in auction is what their deduction is, with the exception of us. We give them a receipt, and if the car is worthy, we tell them, this car is going to go to a needy person, and if that is listed on that sheet, then they get retail value. So they can actually get more money out of our charity than they can anybody because it is going to uh, someone in need. Yeah, it's going directly uh, to a person. That's pretty cool. So you don't resell the cars. Uh, at least let, let's let's keep in mind that there are some cars that might be beyond help or really not be right. appropriate for giving to someone, but even those, if you end up selling those, that money comes back around for the cars that you do give away. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, we take those. Some of them are just absolute junk, and so they go to the scrapper. Uh, The IRS has a $500 no questions asked deduction regardless of the car. So even the junk is worth something, and we get enough junk uh, cars in. You know, a junk car is only bringing a couple hundred dollars at the most, but you do that times 10, and that fixes quite a few cars. So keep in mind there's a lot of repairs in giving these cars away. They don't come in ready to go. So uh, we have to get them, get them in shape, and you get 100 bucks tied up between gassing them up and detailing them and getting them ready for our people. So uh, there's some expenses there, but that's what we do with the cars. That you know, It doesn't make sense if you got a car that's worth $800 and you're going to spend $1,200 fixing it up. We make the decision to sell it at auction or, or junk it or whatever we got to do and apply that money towards something else that, that does do some good. Do you get some cars that really don't need anything? They're good to go when they come in? A few, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get some. It might amaze you that sometimes we get some really nice cars. What's um, the most? If it's too nice, we might sell it too and replace <laughs> it, but turn it into five cars instead of one expensive one. What are nice. some of the most unusual cars you've gotten? Well, I'll tell you, I just got in this morning a uh, 2008 Cadillac uh, SUV with 47,000 miles on it. What? Now, there's a, there's a car that's worth some money. No kidding. It's done the, it's the older people, and they just didn't have a use for it anymore. They had gone to a retirement home. Uh, now, that's something that I will probably trade it, and I'll probably trade it for four or five cars. that will go to help somebody. Nice, uh, I would they say. Did, they didn't need the tax deduction, so we, you know. We uh, took care of that end of it, um, and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but it does a few times a year. You know, be, being us that run the business, we all know the business, and we know what to do with cars. There's been other charities that have tried to do this, but they weren't in the car business, so all they do is run it to the auction. Sure. 
And that's a good place to give stuff away and never get nothing in return. What are some of the stranger cars you've gotten? Oh, the other day we got an 85 El Camino that was a barn find. And the car on the outside is perfect. Now, when they drug it in, they never start it. So we don't know if mechanically it's worth anything. But, I mean, you know, it's worth. that's something we'll probably drop an engine in because it's in such good shape. Well, you know, Terry, uh, if you were talking $200 for a vehicle that doesn't work, you and I may have to talk after we get done with this recording because <laughs> yeah. you're down in yeah. my ballpark. That sounds like something my wife would love to hate me for having in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get a lot of cars from wives that say, that thing's been in the driveway for eight years. Get it out of here. Oh. And so we go pick them up. I know you'd be and thrilled to put that thing on blocks in your front yard. Them. By that time, they've already given up, so. Any uh, anything really odd that uh, that you're like really? No, well, I get I get all kinds of cars that come through. I got a I don't know it was a seventy sixty something Jaguar, the long cigar shaped one uh-huh. uh, that had a box of parts in the front seat, and the guy I sold it to uh, told me he said, "Hey, I'll give you ten grand for that thing as long as you don't touch it. He said, don't try <laughs> to fix it, don't do anything. Just give me the box of parts and yeah. I come get it." Um, and so you get some oddballs like that every once. So that's not something that we're going to put back together and yeah. try to maximize the profit out of it. We just we just move it on and go on to the next car. But uh, yeah, we I got an old Mercedes of like a 1948 that was in a garage forever. The problem is they never started it, so the engine is locked up tight. So it's oh. it's a project car that we'll look down the road. Um, my favorite car is a 1972 Cadillac Eldorado convertible with 49. <sighs> thousand miles and i've hung on to that for oh my eight or nine years now because I'm, I'm going to fix it up but i have like the other guys i just haven't gotten to it yet i'll give you two hundred dollars for it yeah i'll give you three yeah. <laughs> damn it shut up <laughs> yeah i get offers like that but uh, fortunately we know we know what we can oh, do with crap. it so. um, and we've got we've got two lots out in bonner springs that we park all our cars we get I mean, I've gotten, I get a, I get an RV every year, and it might be a motorhome, might be a trailer, might be a pop-up camper, but it's an RV company, a lifestyle here, yeah. that gives us one every year because he's a very patriotic guy. That's um, all right. That's we cool. get uh, We get a lot of boats, a lot of motorcycles. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, those are not something that we, well, the only time I did give a motorcycle away, away is uh, Jesse James Dupree, uh, out of Sturgis right. and Michael Ballard, they had the full throttle saloon. They called me and said, we've got a veteran that we want to help who lost both his legs and one of his arms. Is there a motorcycle that he can ride? And actually they partnered up with here, local uh, DJ Johnny Dare. Yeah. Johnny, I was going to ask. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good friends with Johnny. So he called me and I said, well, I think I can find you that. I found him a BMW trike. The guy can wheel his wheelchair up on in and locks it down. It was an automatic, so he didn't need legs to shift it. We put all the hand controls over on the one side that he had a hand, and we took it up to Sturgis, and they gave it to him on stage up there during the uh, the Sturgis uh, convention that they have up there. And uh, so he was pretty excited. And that, was, that wasn't my dime. That was Johnny's, and, uh, and uh, the boys at Full Throttle Saloon, it was about $35,000. And uh, Mark's they too mo- up the money, so I went and found it for him. Mark's too modest to tell you, but he works with Johnny. 
Yeah, yeah. Johnny's at uh, the, mm-hmm. the stations uh, where I work, where I'm uh, centered now, and I've worked around him for 19 years. And we haven't always seen eye to eye on stuff, but I know that yeah. his heart's real. And, oh yeah, uh, you very know, he, generous guy. And he's he has you know he has stayed a true course, and he's one of the the talents that I really respect in radio because he had, and not not to jump off on a side note here, but I'm gonna uh, Johnny. Sure. His ability to relate to his audience, uh, even if it's not a way that I would always relate to other human beings, sure. is uh, sure. is extraordinary. And uh, and then he goes out and he really believes in doing this stuff. It's That's not what you just get from a, us Olathe kids. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's an Olathean, and uh, I, I have uh, I, he's a good Joe. And it's amazing. I, yeah. I got almost a little kerflumped. Uh, when you were t- describing this, because that's just a lot of people doing a lot of right, doing a oh, lot yeah. of good. Absolutely. I'll give, you, I'll give you one funny Johnny store. <laughs> Johnny store. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm yeah, I, I, I was at 99.7 for a long time, which is the next studio over from Johnny's uh-huh. at Intercom. And uh, Johnny came to me and he said, I, I need, I got a really guy I really like that needs a van with a wheelchair lift. Can you find me that? And I said, well, I can, Johnny, but most of the stuff I get is pretty old and, you know, not fancy. And I said, have him bring up the van he's got, and let's look at that. And when the guy brought it out, really it was in nicer shape than anything I could find. <laughs> and and so um, Johnny kept bugging me, and every time I'd see him every week, he'd say, do you find me a van yet? And I said, no, I haven't found one yet. <clears throat> it's about the third or fourth time he came in. He said, do you find me a van? I said, nope. He said, I'm going to go on the air and tell everybody you hate disabled people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Johnny, too. Uh, that's his personality, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he's always been helpful with me as anything I've ever done. So he's, he's a good friend, and uh, I know I, if I needed something, I could turn to Johnny, and he'd be right there. So if a hero needs a car... Uh, right. How do they How do they go about uh, applying for that? They go on cars, the number four heroes dot org, and they can hit the apply button and just fill out all the information that goes directly to us. Uh, it's not an easy process because of the amount of people that apply, and ninety percent of them deserve a car. I mean, the only criteria is you had to serve. You didn't have to serve in a war. You didn't have to come back with a wound. You could have been a bookkeeper at Fort Riley your whole uh, time in the military. It's just they all they had to do was serve, uh-huh. and they can't be able to get a car any other way. So, uh, and that's believe it or not, not very hard to find. So uh, that's why <laughs> uh-huh. we we hold events and why we just did the seventeen cars last uh, Veterans Day between Columbia. We went down to Branson with Kathy Quinn on Fox Four. And uh, yeah, Yakov Smirnov. No, no, you, with this. He, he, he handed the keys over, <laughs> um, and he's quite the character too. Oh yeah, but uh, but uh, his his big thing was uh, that we kept making him say, "What a country!" Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's made a career off of it. So what the hell? Yeah, Keep he it has. rolling, baby. Keep yeah, it rolling. Yeah, he's Absolutely. done quite well, but. Uh, so I, I have an interesting life. I get to meet a lot of great people. Uh, they all enjoy helping. And over the last few years, Daron Cherry, ex-chief legend, uh-huh. uh, has teamed up with me and financially supported us. And so he's been going out with me and giving cars away. And I had to laugh because when I told him we were going to do this Veterans Day thing, he said, 
this is by far the neatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I thought, oh. here's a legendary Chiefs player wow. for 10 years on the Chiefs. His name's on the side of the, the Arrowhead Stadium. And the neatest thing he's ever done is gone out and give cars to veterans. So, you know, that tells you the same kind of guy he is. Fortunately, I'm lucky enough to find those people. <laughs> you and are. You find out that they're, they're very real. I'll be in the car, Santa. You've got a magnet for helping people, and it's just fantastic. So the uh, the website cars the number four heroes, and that's with an e h e r o e s dot org. Right, spelled uh, as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Cars for heroes dot org. Uh, you can fill out your application there if you're in need. You and also if you have something extra that you're like, you know what, I I just this has got to go. I don't know, you know my I love Absolutely. my mom, but uh, there's there's not a soul in our family that really wants that 85 or 95 uh, Taurus that she still right. has with 85,000 miles on it, and it runs decent. It's yeah. it's just a bucket of ugly. Well, that's that's what we look at. We don't look at the year, the miles, uh, salvage titles, any of that. We make sure they're mechanically sound. If they are, then we we fix them up and give them away. You got if me thinking about beyond repair. Then then we do something else with it. But you'd be surprised how many cars are still in some pretty good shape that are yeah. older cars. You got me thinking about some of the garbage I got down there in the warehouse. No, not yeah. garbage, but <laughs> yeah. I I have several cars that are aggravating. <laughs> yeah. well, we've we, run into those too. When one of your daily drivers is a 1960 Corvette, hey, I'm hey, sure there's hey, a few other hey. cars that kind of pale in comparison. I would drive yeah. flat every day, but if you get caught in traffic in that car, <laughs> a 409 <laughs> with a heavy clutch will wear out your left butt cheek. <laughs> Just You'd saying. be surprised, but I think we got like four or five Corvettes last year. I'll be right All over. in the 80s. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're yeah, so worth the money. <laughs> oh no doubt. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, Terry, I really, really appreciate your being willing to jump on with us here and uh, no chat problem. about the great things that uh, you're doing with people. And I know you've seen a lot of smiles and a lot of really good tears uh, over the years. You've met some cool people, and we're we're lucky that we got to meet you. So we really appreciate you being here on Road Muscle Radio. I enjoyed being on, and I'll give everybody your link so they all come see you so that's terry and he is just this unassuming little guy you could you could walk past him on the street i was getting and, choked up yeah to know that this this fella that you just walked by that you know you probably wouldn't really notice is this little powerhouse the this dynamo uh making this stuff happen used to sell cars loves cars enough that he's like you know what there's good ones out there they may not be beautiful but they work Every now and then you meet somebody who's doing things the way they should. Yeah. And you feel glad that you met them. You feel lucky to have met them. And you also think, what the hell am I doing with my time? <laughs> I think I know where I need to go volunteer. Do I really need to spend another hour surfing for Harleys and parts on Facebook? Or you know, should I be doing something more useful? Imagine being able to detail cars for vets. You know that this this thing that you're working on, it may not be a beautiful car, but it's going to be clean, look what, nice, and goes to somebody who really freaking needs it. What a stud. What a what an amazing heart. I am down for that. And it's also a nice thing to hear around the holidays. You know? Absolutely. So, uh, and thank you for sharing your time with us as we act about our favorite addiction, cool cars. And by the way, uh, by the time this episode is out, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey day. Do some turkey, man. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, I'm already looking forward to that cranberry 
Oh, by the way, we're we're not doing the normal uh, Turkey Day. Side note. Okay, I was I was all into the wrap up. All I'm right. Like, oh wait, one more story. Okay. Um, years and years and years ago, uh, we failed my brother just tremendously because uh, he was state. Uh, screw that story. Anyway, uh, we he'd come over along with his wife, and my family was down. This was when we were in Texas, and my wife and I, and we were both so young at the time. She was like uh, 26. I was. 30 and barely could find my ass with both my hands. And uh, <laughs> for Thanksgiving, we made this ton and a half of uh, basically fried wontons. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, with the, with the uh, crab and cream cheese. Yeah. And then we also made this other massive pile of spring rolls. And we had the various sauces and stuff. You did Chinese Thanksgiving. We we that's what we did. I mean, we, we didn't have two damn nickels to rub together at the time, but we did all that. And my brother came over and he was like, "What? This is Thanksgiving?" You know, he he, he uh, kind of like a little more traditional style. He wanted the turkey and the, and all the giblets and stuff. And I'm like, "Dude, grab some chocks." chopsticks and shut your face <laughs> and, and so that's what we did and we're doing it again this year um, i was really hoping you were going to tell me about the time you deep fat fried a turkey in a galvanized trash can <laughs> I, I i do want to do that I, of course i want to deep fat fry everything i won't kid you i would deep fat fry a stick of butter if well, it would you stay together you could deep fat fry a shoe and it'd be tasty you're damn right and uh, i i plan on doing that i want to do that and i also want to smoke a turkey Yes. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, I have buddies of mine who are doing a fundraiser this year. They always they, – they have a barbecue team, and they always smoke turkey breasts. They smoke a Ooh. bunch of them, and they're humongous, Ooh. and they're really tremendous. And I got two this year, but this year it is a fundraiser for our friend who was diagnosed with ALS 15 years ago. 15 years. He made it 15 years. Dude. Usually if you're diagnosed with ALS, you're gone and – Three, four years, you don't last that long. The downside is you slowly but surely become a hostage in yeah, your own body. In your own body. And yeah. uh, Scott is hes just the best guy. And he's always been a really funny guy, too, and a lot of fun to be around. And we're doing this to raise money so that they can pay for his care and modifications to their house. And, you know, it, once you're in a wheelchair and you can't move around very much, yeah, you need there's, everything becomes a new a consideration. And so that's our big fundraiser this year. And I got two smoked turkey breasts coming from them. I got one for Ron. Are they still selling? Uh, they, still going on? they had to stop. They got so <gasps> many orders, <laughs> so many orders. They had to borrow smokers from other barbecue oh, teams. Hell yes. And they said they had two or three hundred orders for turkey breasts. You know how much work that is? So I've volunteered to go help those guys night before. That's awesome. Which with this group means we'll all be drunk smoking <laughs> turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a drinking team with a barbecue problem. Yeah, that bird boob isn't the only oh, thing basted. Yeah, yeah. It's, by morning, everybody smells like smoke. Three showers ain't going to get rid of it. And uh, But I'm, I'm really, really proud that they did that this year. I'm happy to help out. I look forward to spending the time with them. And uh, if you need a smoked turkey breast, I will see if I can find one more. Yeah, we'll talk. Be, uh, so happy Thanksgiving happy to Thanksgiving, all of you. everybody. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs>
Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.